Well, it's the middle of the afternoon in California. Heck, he should be out Recorded live. Scuba Obsessed is a weekly podcast. We talk about all things scuba diving from cool new gear, places to dive, and scuba in the news. Obsessed episode 107 is recorded live March 15th, 2012. Welcome back to Scuba Obsessed. Here are some of the articles we're going to cover this week. How old does a wreck need to be to be looted? Uh, Florida dive expert on TV. Uh, we also have lobster hunt and then some of the stuff from Facebook. I'm Darren Jilson. I'd like to welcome my co-host for this week. We have Mac. How you doing today, Mac? Doing pretty good. Glad to be here as usual. Excellent. And we also have Jim Schultz. How you doing today, Jim? I'm doing great. Great to be here. Thank you. Excellent. And we have a chat room that's filling up, so if you happen to be listening to this recorded, that's great. But we even love it more when you're in a chat room. A lot of great conversations going on in there. And as the tradition dictates, we're going to start off right in the news. Kind of a moderate news week this week. We have a few articles. The first one is, how old does a wreck need to be before it's looted? And I think we have an answer. And it's not old at all. How long has that uh, cruise ship in Italy been sinking on the bottom? Has that probably been four to six weeks now? January 13th. January 13th. So here we are, two short months later, and somebody has taken the bell off it. Italian prosecutors are currently having an open investigation to the disappearance of the bell from the capsized cruise ship, the Costa Concordia. Italy's national official for search and salvage efforts told Reuters uh, when he visited the island, the bell's disappearance had happened several days ago. He said the search was on for the bell, which hung off one end of the ship, was inscribed with the vessel's name. The bell hung off half of the wreck under the sea. So it didn't take long. Uh, they, I remember uh, before, was it, we had an article maybe three or four weeks back where we were talking about all the treasure was on there. So you think this is all they've taken? Well, uh, it'd be interesting to see how many people really have been on that wreck because they seem to be containing it pretty well. Well, they said they had it corned off and it was a restricted zone, and they've still been removing remains from it. So I don't think it's going to be all that easy to get to it. But uh, Taking a look, you got a lot of good visibility. If you're going to do something, it's like, well, put the rebreather on and go at night. I mean, you, what do you think? Is this a souvenir? Somebody I took think it? So. Where are you going to show that at? I mean, you got the name on the bell. You're going to have <laughs> to keep your mouth shut about that one. Yeah, that's going to be in the black market. Plus, now it's really got everybody excited. And whoever took it knew that was going to happen. It'll probably be one of those, we took it off to preserve it. You know, that's what they'll say whenever they get caught. You know, they may have lost it when it uh, you know ran aground. It fell off when it rolled over. <laughs> well, they, considering how many pictures they've had with people in front of it, I don't know if anybody's going to buy that. It will be interesting to see if they do a follow-up. But that's probably one of the most visual items you'll see is the bell, because everybody likes the bell or the whistle. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's... Everything, it's a ship's bell. At least uh, it's one of the few things I think they've kept with modern ships uh, that's consistent over time. Well, if you had the uh, bell on the Titanic, that'd be worth a couple of shekels. Speaking of that, did you know they're having an auction for Titanic artifacts? Yep. Given this is the 100th anniversary of the sinking of the Titanic, they're getting ready to do an auction of a bunch of those artifacts. Now, are those the ones that have been brought up by the uh, submersibles? Uh, yeah, had to be. I mean, there's one company that owns all salvage rights to the Titanic. Yeah, yeah, because I think they're the ones who brought up the section of the ship which is, has gone through the uh, museums. Did you see the mosaic pictures they have just released of the Titanic? Not yet. No, I, I heard had, that they've got them together. Some of those are really nice. They did one, I swear, that shows both sections of the wreck and the surrounding area, like for six miles. Yeah, they did that and whole then, debris field, right? Yeah, the whole debris field. And then I saw the ones that's got the front half where it's broken off in the back. I've seen that one already, and the pictorials are pretty interesting. <laughs> well, there was a Groupon special this week for a visit to the Titanic, half price. I don't know if you're familiar with that website at all. 
Groupon, I've heard of it, but how you know a half price was what? Twenty five thousand? Yeah, it was about twenty five thousand, twenty some thousand dollars. I was gonna say one arm and a leg. Yeah, yeah. But uh they're running out as they're running twice as many trips this year as they had in the past, and they're saying this is the last time for the trips, but we'll see. I don't think it's too hard to decide to book a date if they need to. They can make some money. Well, it's deteriorating more every year and they really did not elaborate or really determine exactly why it's deteriorating quite as fast as it is. It's a combination of the current and uh, just the erosion of the wreck itself. But uh, unlike a lot of them, it's not going to be down there a lot longer, people. Yeah, well, we know what current can do to a wreck. It's amazing how the currents can move some sand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, our next article up, uh, this one is a somebody, in uh, a police officer in New York City is suing for $105 million. And he won't say what his injuries are. Um, he was a leader in the New York Police Department water rescue team, suing the city for $105 million after he fell off a ladder while at work. He says the injuries are so serious he feels the effects for two years after the accident, but he won't reveal exactly what happened. Prior to the 2009 accident, Lieutenant John Harkins was in charge of the city's scuba team, which is considered a prestigious position in the New York squad, as it is considered one of the best in the country. In the suit, he writes, he fell off the ladder on board of New York PD's Harbor Patrol launch number eight. Little detail about the nature of the accident. Uh, and there's, we're not, we don't have information whether he was on a mission at the time. That's going to be a little hard to do something with unless you've got documentation of what the problem is. And that seems to be a little bit high. Yeah, 105 million. I mean, for me, to, for $105 million, that meant that somebody had to be grossly negligent, you know, like they pushed him off or something. Well, either well, that or his wife is part of the suit, and she's uh, suing for loss of services. <laughs> yeah, that could be. He must be pretty good for that many services. Well, you know, that when you get into something like that, you know, how do you put a price on well, what's the going personal market? satisfaction? Well, yeah. check, out the, check out the little uh, the, the menu there at the Bunny Ranch. That'll give you an idea. Yeah, so there, <laughs> should, there should be a price. I bet, you know, I, I guess it depends on frequency and other factors. But, uh, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think I got anything more to say to that one. <laughs> you know, that, those kind of suits are the ones that seem to bring the big bucks. Well, I mean, I guess that's kind of the art of negotiation. You know, start with a ridiculously high number and let it work from there. And I'm sure that the person who is injured isn't the one who sets that about. It's going to be their attorneys. Next up, a local dive, I say local, a Florida dive expert is to be featured on the TV program Disappeared. Uh, cave diving expert is going to be featured on the episode of Disappeared, a program on the Investigation Discovery Channel. The show will air 8 p.m. Central Time, March 19th. Uh, we'll explore dis disappearance of another diver, Vortex Springs, uh, near uh, Ponce de Leon. Um, What's the story behind that? I'm wondering, the reason why I put this in the notes, Mac, is I was think, and uh, Jim, as I was thinking, this is the one we had covered a few weeks ago about the diver. Uh, this one is apparently in a, 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 a diver, Ben McDaniel, was reported missing apparently on a cave dive at Vortex Spring in August 2010. Sorensen was called to search for him, along with many of the best divers in the world. The mysterious disappearance led to speculation that McDaniel might not be in the cave at all. Uh, the disappeared team interviewed Sorensen for three hours of preparation for the episode, and a portion of those talks will be included in the show. Uh, Sorensen says he encountered McDaniel only once before the infamous dive, where he came to the shop to buy gear on a different excursion. McDaniel took his open-water side-mount cave course from another instructor, Sorensen said, but had no cave training whatsoever. As far as Sorensen knows, he should never have been in that cave. I, I think this is coming back to me, Mac. This is the one where uh, he had taken like time off, like a year, and uh, about a third of the way through, he disappeared. Almost looks like one of those planned absences. Well, that's what some people are saying. That's what the conspira conspiracy is. But, well, it would uh, be interesting to know what his insurance was. Yeah, because uh, I... Yeah, yeah, because uh, some of, some other cave divers had been in there, and you know there there was some squeeze places that they got into, and they said they could tell that he hadn't gone that far. So, uh, but uh, this TV program would be interesting. I might have to watch that. So on the nineteenth, uh, that's going to be on the uh, on the Direct TV. I think it's the ID channel. Oh, Discovery Channel. Okay. 
interesting. And then this next one was a press release. I, I kind of filtered these through, so we're not going to read the whole thing. But this one is uh, a Brownie Marine Group, and they're giving their financial update. This was uh, published March 14th, 2012. And basically, the first half of it is a lot of fluff. But it, throughout the last couple of years we've been doing the show, there's been quite a few... Uh, dive shop stories with them where they've been either acquiring or trying to acquire or trying to open up dive locations in addition to the equipment that they produce. As you get about halfway through the press release, oh, and I'm sorry, I haven't been pasting these in the chat room. Shame on you. Yeah, I've been falling asleep at the wheel here. Uh, Maybe that's the room's kind of slow tonight. You guys got to get things going. Yeah, I, I got to get it going. But uh, one of the article, uh, about halfway through the article, uh, I, here, here's kind of the meat of it. It says, while the outdoor recreational industry is on the road to recovery, the economic recession has a lasting impact on the workplace. Consumers are more demanding this and discerning with increasingly higher price value expectations. We believe traditional scuba stores focused on single narrow market channels are highly vulnerable when compared to multi-store concepts. So I think that's, I mean, that's kind of what I, I think all is going on with all the dive shops. What do you, you mean know? by multi-store? Well, not not well, I said multi-store. I meant multi-sport. Oh, okay. Multi-sport. So if you're just a dive shop, then you know you, you're going to have a challenge because you're limited in the diversification of your industry. So we've been kind of pitching that to dive shops. Not that we're experts in running dive shops, but you just can't. You, you need to be able to have an income to weather the ups and downs. And uh, now there is a little bit of a reason why uh, Brownie Marine Group is saying this is because they've got a multi-sport concept store that they're launching, the Brownies Adventure Center. And a little bit farther down, they say the initial concept of BAC in Boca Raton, Florida, will feature all types of industry-leading dive equipment training, activity coordination, and services alongside a world-class stand-up paddling, complement, free diving, surface applied diving, yacht diving, technical diving, science and exploration diving equipment, training and practice are rarely featured and traditional dive shops fully optimally presented in the BAC creating a much broader potential revenue base. By expanding the audience of outdoor enthusiasts such as paddle boarders, we have the opportunity to induce our core products, which for them is surface applied air, to a new and broader audience. You notice that's heavy duty in the UK, or did you notice that? What's that? Brownies Adventure Center. I just looked at one in the UK, and I'm looking at one right now, and it's quite interesting. Well, I I do think that's that's going to be more common. You know, you, you've you've got to have that. Plus, you you know, we've we've talked about this at the post dive get-togethers, there's a certain type of people who we see in diving. So if you can cater to the different sports, it's a great, you got a great crossover. I mean, we've talked about skydiving and motorcycle riding and, and other types of activities. And these same people, you see these common threads between scuba divers. Yeah, in the one establishment here, they've got, uh, looks like they've got water areas that you can dive in. Uh, use your hookah and or scuba. It's got your paddle boards, got your uh, stand-up boards, uh, all in one facility. It's, it's quite interesting looking at the, the tower they have here. Well, we're hearing about the stand-up boards becoming more popular in the Great Lakes. Uh, yeah. Ch- Chicago is trying to get them legalized. I guess they're technically illegal in many of the or many or most of the Chicago beaches. Really? Why? Well, define beaches now because you can't legally use a boat in a swimming area. Well, the article really didn't go into it, but they had uh, uh, somebody had been using a stand-up paddleboard, had been arrested, and he knew it was illegal, and he was trying to do it as a test case, you know, basically hoping that they wouldn't arrest him so that it would encourage the sport. Well, they ticketed him, put him in jail, and he decided he didn't want to be a test case and plea bargained out. Did it say whether or not he was in a swim area? It didn't, from what I remember. Yeah. I was looking at some of the other items they're doing in these uh, places. Uh, they're combining climbing, rappelling, zip lines. I'd like to go to one of those places. Yeah, the zip lining, rappelling. See, I've, I've always thought that would be another good one. Well, we've gone to Gilboa. They've had uh, some of that there, but I thought that was more public safety than scuba diving. 
a lot of those that don't like you jumping off the cliff, they don't like you climbing up the cliff. So this must be places you can do all of that. Yeah, actually, wow, I like that. Yeah, I sent you a link on this and the one I'm looking at, so that gives a little more information plus some of the facilities they're looking at. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at that link that you sent over where it shows uh, their their concept. You know, Mac, I think you should do a skydive scuba landing at uh, the quarry. Well, I've done it in Pawpaw. Yeah, I know. But, I'm, I'm due but for I'm just thinking if we did one at, uh, uh, where's the meet and greet at? Gilboa. Gilboa. Yeah, land in Gilboa. Old, uh, you know, the guy who runs that place would go nuts. <laughs> yeah. Of course, he'd also charge you for uh, for diving there. but Well, but, you, Mac, you have to land in the shallow side. That's right. <laughs> yeah, why? Right. <laughs> Otherwise, you'd have, you know, don't have an approved plan. Well, I could, I could do an email. You know, I, I really, I have to say, I really like the concept. If you're a dive shop owner, I think you need to take a look at this concept because this is some of the jewels I'd even done. Like, did you, you see that one? They got like a middle tower there, and they're calling that their deep tank. Yeah, forty foot. Yeah. Oh, and that's interesting. They even got a stand-up tank, and everything looks to be above ground. Hmm. If you click on some of the other uh, items, like the integrated air, the third lung, integrated air one, man, I've not seen anybody do this. They're off a boat with uh, one hose teed off into trident, meaning three lines, the guys are snorkeling slash diving. That's cool. You know, but you got warm water and visibility. Ain't nobody wearing a seven mil out there. Yeah. Well, I think what they're trying to address, I mean, the, we have to remember that brownies are manufacturers of hooker rigs. So this had to be a way for them to get to, to grow that market that they have. Well, uh, they also do it. They have a tank with an old tank filled nitrox maker. That's one of the little click-ons if you take a look at it. That's pretty neat, too. That costs you a couple of dollars. Yeah, but uh, isn't the – my understanding of the hooker rigs is you're not required to have scuba certification to use one. Uh, all I know is I know some people who have bought them, and they are not scuba qualified. And I have taken a few people out who bought them to find out what they know, and what they don't know will kill them. Yes, yeah. I mean, it's just just because you don't have to have certification doesn't mean you don't need to have training. Absolutely. But yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to look at this more. I, re I really like this. Okay, let's see what up. Yep. What's up next? Uh, lobsters. What's that? Adventure gear. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Lobsters. Okay. And this one I will remember to put in the chat room. There you go. This one's out of the Miami Herald. If I close their ad there. And uh, the lobster season is coming down to an end. Less than two weeks are remaining. Uh, but they're saying there's plenty of delicious crustaceans left. You just have to know where to look. Can you hear that? Who's got that on? Uh, it's not me. Not me. Jim, is that you? I don't think so. Fine. Checking my open windows, and nope, I don't see any. Sneaky thing. It sounds like lines crossing on Skype. Maybe it's like a party call. <laughs> We're getting somebody's podcast. Uh, Must be the escort line. Well, I haven't heard Dave talk Solar about Florida. He went down there for that last time, remember? Which one did he go to? Down there in Florida for the lobster. Remember, he got that, what, 12 of them or something? Oh, yeah, we well, yeah, uh, and then when he got back, he didn't think that he could have just bought some of um, those $4 styrofoam covers and put some dry ice in there and brought them home. He gave them away. trucker. He should know he can do that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so what they're saying is uh, the regular harvest season, season ends March 31st. And uh, if you miss that window, then you have to wait until the mini season, which is July 25th and 26th. Uh, some people are, are were concerned that the stock's been cleared out, but uh, scuba instructors in uh, the area say not true. There are plenty left. Uh, one is quoted saying it's been a fantastic, fantastic, fantastic season, both recreationally and commercially. It started with mini season and stayed good. Water temperatures are not as cool as last winter. Visibility is mostly good between weather fronts, but you have to know where and how to hunt. Like to give it a try? Oh, I, I, yeah. Uh, certainly, I would. I'll bring my own butter. I'd, I'd have a nice big bucket for that. Oh, man. Yep. you got to be careful to make sure you got them legal. Plus, I believe you have to have a special permit, too. Not the closest yeah, we come to that freshwater lobster, huh? Called crayfish. 
Yeah, if there's a chance for the government to make money off it, they will. So probably do have to have a permit. Well, some of those crayfish that uh, we've seen, I know like at Gull Lake, some of those got to be pretty big. Yeah, but you'd have to have quite a bit to get a good good meal. Yeah. You can make some gumbo with them, though. Yeah, you can yeah, have some nice jambalaya. Okay. And then this next one I don't have a link for. When I sent a, But there's a new movie coming out, uh, Dark Tide. Have you heard of that one? That one's got Halle Berry in it. Sounds no, good already. This one, did we did we skip down from Four Lakes to something different? Oh, I think I may be on yours. I, I moved it around. So, yeah, let's go. Uh, we'll we'll the next one and we'll come. Now, let's we'll, talk about Halle Berry. I like that idea. <laughs> we'll, we'll circle around <laughs> to that one. Oh, we're going to keep us in anticipation, huh? Yeah, yeah, that was a teaser. Yeah. I got a keep teaser, her. all right. Okay. Let's see here. Divers. I'm just looking at some of the stats for this, and it's like, how the blazes did they do this if I'm reading it correctly? Do you know what I'm talking about? Which one are you referring to? Well, you got those 18 divers. They're going to go to four deep lakes, one in England, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, in 48 hours. Yes. Then they say they intend to dive for 10 minutes in each lake without assistance, walking a total of 60 kilometers to each remote location, climbing 2,929 meters, all in 48 hours. Now, if they're carrying their gear, they're freaking Superman. Okay, so let's let's take a look at this. They intend to dive at least 10 minutes in each lake Yep. in each country. Now, when they say the 60 kilometers, are they referring to, is that the distance of walking between those locations, or is that the distance to walk into each of those locations? Well, it says walking a total of 60 kilometers to each remote. Each means separate. Yeah, so... Yeah, because they can't. They must not be flying. And these guys, what? One of them's forty-nine years old. So if they're carrying your freaking gear, which you know, walking. Uh, well, and then not only walking, but they're climbing. They got to go up yeah. an elevation, two thousand nine hundred twenty-nine meters. Ten thousand feet. Yeah, that's a lot. We have all we have been really lucky having all the fuel we need, sponsored by diver uh, Darren Donahue as well as bits of equipment, meaning we don't need to outlay a lot of anything. We can just focus on raising money for the soldiers. So they're doing it as a fundraiser. Uh, the fun, the charity is Help for Heroes Charity, and they are the Orca Scuba Diving Academy. Uh, the challenge, uh, they will begin the challenge on October 6th. They'll start climbing 475 meters at Low Antona in Northern Ireland before descending in the depths of the remotest lake in the country. Uh, nobody's ever dived in that lake before. From Northern Ireland, we go to uh, Loch Coir and Lochin and Scotland, where we'll be involved a 996-meter climb. To be honest, it's not the diving that I'm worried about, but it's I am quite scared about all the walking. The final two leaks, lakes will be Red Tarn and, uh, God, it's, it's a Welsh name. It's all, almost all consonants. Flying Yard, Lower, and Wales. Uh, Say that went, again, please. Uh, no, I'm not. Uh, they get some experience. Uh, in fit, they uh, they said they went to one of the lakes in February to get some experience and would like to climb the mountains and deep dive up there. It was absolutely freezing. It's showed us that people are fitter. Oh, some that some people are fitter than others at the moment. We're going to carry our own equipment up the mountain, but we'll have two divers who will make us refreshments when we are back. And take us to the next location. So, yeah, Mac, I think that's what's going on. That that. Did you see the, the website I just sent you? Uh, let me pull that up, and then we'll we'll put that in the chat room as well. You go to that real quick, and you'll see what the hell they're doing. <laughs> okay, we we need that. We need the translation. This is yeah. Look at the pictures; it tells you a lot. Yeah, because what it sounded like to me is that that's the distance in from each of the locations. Yeah, and I'm looking at the pictures of their gear. And they've got a pack on, but there's no tanks back there, guys. So I'm curious how they're diving for 10 minutes. Well, what if the gear is already staged at the site? I don't see that in the pictorials. Well, and then these pictures were them uh, testing the location, wasn't it? Uh, I'm not sure, but this is one of their websites to show what they're doing. It's interesting. One of the gear, I'm looking at the guy, he's got that, remember that rescue diver rig they've got down at uh, Wolf's? Yeah. Uh, this one guy's got a rescue rig on. Uh, this guy here's got a rescue rig on, which means small bottle in the front. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I, yeah. I mean, I could see carrying that, but that's not in the eighty. That's for sure. Well, they're they're saying ten minutes, so they must set that as a time. You don't need yeah. a lot of air for ten minutes. And I don't know. Do they say how deep they're going to go? They said underwater. So if you're just going, you know, ten. 10 feet underwater or 30 feet. You know, well, you got to remember, too, if you're going to be diving in the mountains like that, then you've got the high altitude aspects. So going shallow still means you could definitely wind up with some residual time. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it's interesting. That, that would be a hell of a challenge, wouldn't it? Uh, very challenging. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm in nowhere in any shape that I could do this. So they talk about that one lake that nobody's been in. Wouldn't that be cool just to go in the lake? Well, that lake in Northern Ireland is uh, 6.0 acres. It's at an altitude of 1,558 feet, so you're talking a big pond. The second one in Scotland, it's uh, 22.5 acres. Doesn't give me the depth. It's at an altitude of 3,268 feet. Interesting picture. The one in England is 19.3 acres. It's at 2,356 feet, and the one in Wales is 6.4 acres at an altitude of 2,133 feet. What I'd like to do is that last one has the remains of two wartime aircraft that crashed in 1942 and 1943 on the slopes around the lake. Oh, wow. You know there's some stuff to find in there. Oh, and I'm going down further, and I'm taking a look. It has a picture of where they're all at collectively. That's interesting. I don't think I'm going to be doing this today. No. And these are not spring chickens. Well, you know, maybe with a helicopter and they, like, drop me five feet from the shore and then I get to walk in and then go to the next site, that'd be okay. Oh, uh, it says um, dives. They must be completed at least in a buddy pair or more, minimum of 10 minutes per dive, and the diver must be completely submerged throughout, which means they're not going deep, they're just getting wet. Well, that kind of answers the whole altitude thing because I'm, I'm sure, you know, a meter. Just pick that going down. That should be, you know, that should be plenty. You you should be safe and going on any tables. Okay, on to some potentially cool scuba gear. We were just talking about this a few weeks ago. It seems like uh, recurring themes. This one is. Uh, see, do they need, say what the the product is called? The subwing. Getting pulled behind a boat. Uh, you get you can be pulled behind uh, uh, two knots per hour. Is that what they're saying? Yeah, as fast as you can go without your mask coming off. <laughs> well, the thing is, how does a boat driver know how fast that is? When, when you let go and float to the surface and he realizes he went too fast? So they're saying a 15-meter rope. So it looks like you kind of, the, the, the photo of this, imagine a wing or like the front edge of a manta ray almost. And you have your hands on it. And I almost bet you can, it's kind of hinged in the middle. So maybe you can tilt one side up or down and, and move around. Now the the person being dragged is holding their breath, so I in guess you case. you could just go up, get a breath of air, and then come back down. Uh, in the U.S., the fiberglass model is seven hundred dollars. They make a stronger carbon fiber glossy model for eight hundred ninety-five dollars, and a matte version for eight hundred fifty. And they mentioned the article. Somebody talks about you, you know, a little uh, spare air wouldn't be too bad, but uh, I I'd want a regular tank. I got one of these in my attic here. If you want it for 50 bucks, I give it to you cheap. You've got one of these? Yeah. Well, I made my own years ago. It's not this wide. It works, though. Okay. Well, we, we did have on uh, Facebook. Thank you, everybody who's been uh, following us on Facebook. If you haven't had a chance, what are you waiting for? Head on over to facebook.com forward slash Obsessed. Give us a like. And uh, we had a little bit of a thread this last week going on TV shows and movies. And let's see, who was it that uh, somebody sent me a link? I want to give proper credit. Uh, no, I can't see it. All the preparation in the world. Somebody sent me a link to Sea to, uh, Hunt. Uh, yeah, you, can get, uh, you can get all the uh, episodes of Mike Nelson. Oh, okay. Yeah, here it was. Uh, John uh, P., he, he sent me the, the link to Hulu, and it's there on Facebook. We had two threads going. Uh, and, and this one, this thread was uh, Sea Hunt is the best scuba series ever. And I had not seen it. I had never seen Sea Hunt. I, I'm almost ashamed to admit. But uh, it was not on TV when I was watching. Not saying that everybody else is old or anything. Yes, you are. <laughs> but I actually got a chance to watch this weekend. And I didn't. I think it held up pretty well. I saw the pilot. That's the only one I've seen. And uh, the refresher of that is they had Mike Nelson 
uh, had to go out and was was requested to salvage a plane, and the and the pilot just happened to still be alive. Imagine that. Hadn't been down there long, I bet. No, I mean it was interesting how they tried to tie it together to make it all believable, but uh, I thought it was pretty entertaining. Sent you a couple of toe sub ones. Toe sub. Okay, I'll paste those in the chat room as, as well. What what are these like? Those are DPVs, diver propulsion vehicles. Yeah, those are cool. We need to get some. I think I sent you something the other day on uh, one that you attached to your tank. Yeah, I've seen those. Those are, uh, I think the last couple of years at DEMA, they've had a couple of them. Where they just go on the back of the tank instead of you having to pull it. And I think where they got like a little uh, throttle you have in your hand. Yep. I like the one we looked at about World Underwater, the, the round one. Looks like a fan. You just hold it on the sides. Tremendously lightweight. Easy to carry. Very nice. Yeah, I mean, that would be another project to see how hard it would be to build. Okay, so uh, yeah, if you if you come up with any more shows, go ahead and put put them there on Facebook, and we'll 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 take a look at them. And uh, let's see, what was the one uh, that we were talking about Halle Berry? It, it seemed to be that got a rise out of the the chat room. And Dark more ways tide. than one. <laughs> Dark Tide. That was a nice comment. Rise out of the chat room. Did it dumb? <laughs> Dark Tide is what we get following Mac. <laughs> well, yeah, if you're if you're behind Mac grubbing, that's exactly what you're going to get as a Dark Tide. Hey, I resemble that remark. Okay. Now, if you're a fan of Halle Berry, you must click on that link that I just pasted Which in the link chat is room. It? I just pasted it in the chat room. Here, I'll paste it into Skype for you, Mac. Okay. I'm going to say this is warm weather appropriate attire that she's got on the movie poster. Okay, I can handle that. You wish you could. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think I could. Honestly, no. Hey, it looks like Garfield the cat. Whoa. It's a blue Garfield. Where do you see Blue Garfield? No, don't you see He's the, like the white eyes, you know, that's the hair, the fair, and then the hand sticking out on each side? It looks like a Blue Garfield profile. 14 okay. photos. Oh, my. Yeah. So what you can do is you can hit pause right now on the podcast, and then you you go and you, you view all the photos, and then you come back and forget. And you also have to listen to the first half of the episode all over again because you'll have forgotten. There's Garfield again. <laughs> I don't believe she's going to get in there with that shark, though. Who's looking at any shark? There's no shark in that picture. Well, I'm looking at it. She's leaning over the side of the boat, and there's that shark right under her. Let's see. Is it out yet in the theaters? It's, a, it's got a 4.5 out of 10. I about it yet. It's, it's a 4.3 a out of 10 rating. How's it, how do they get it rated and it's not even out? They probably have those special ones. When you go to Vegas, you get to do preempts on shows and stuff. And rated before they were put out to the public. Hmm. I know I've seen some there. Well, so what do we think of the? And and yes, there is diving. So what do we think of the quality of the diving? Are we even going to notice? Well, the scenery is good. Did people disappear again? No, we're still here. Oh, okay. I think I'm real just, quiet. Just distracted. Man, things got quiet in the chat room all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah everybody's were... out doing looking at something else. Gee, what could that be? Okay. And now I thought I had this pasted, but I don't. So I'm going to just bear with me a second. I'll pick this up out of my email. I think I might even forward this one on the Mac, didn't I? This email. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Guys, are going to forward it to me? <laughs> oh, we, it's, it's bad when you can't repeat what's going on in the chat room. <laughs> Who's cackling? <laughs> He's lost it. Oh, comments in the chat room. I'm sorry. I lost it. Wow. Just seems like an email two days ago. and uh, Squirrel go by? Squirrel. Oh, here it is. Here, uh, here I found it. Uh, and this one was was from one of our listeners, Mark. I appreciate the, the feedback, Mark, but he has a great idea. He said he liked the favorite movie question that we had posed and uh, what he'd like to see us do is he, he'd like for us to add uh, new questions each week to the listening audience. And then whenever they respond back to it, whether, you know, because we, we get a lot of people that are, you know, come onto the show and then they go back and they listen to old episodes. So just because we asked the question in a previous episode, don't feel like you can't answer it. So it's going to be out there. So uh, let's let's see. I will, we'll take one 
of the questions he proposed. And we're, if you got new questions for us, let us know. Uh, and it says, what was your most dives in one month or year? So the most dives in a month or a year. Let's just for now. Let's just do this one for a month. What's the busiest month? The number of dives. So Mac, how about you? How, what's what's the most dives you had in a month? God, I don't know. Maybe twenty. Yeah, I'm thinking mine's probably about twenty. If you take a week long trip up to Sheboygan or someplace where you're doing two or three a day. Yeah, I, I kind of well, figured that you trip. guys would be way past me on that. Cause there's I wasn't some... thinking about trips. I was just thinking about pawpaw. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, no, that's what I was going to say. I mean, with, with Mac, it seems like you'd have, you know, there's some pawpaw weeks where, and then if you put in hours, oh my gosh, less than, I mean, we got, we have some almost commercial diving bottom time. Well, that's one day, nice yeah, you got the straights. You know, that's one thing about the straights, though, or like pawpaw. I mean, you can go to the straights and do one dive, and it can last you three hours. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well Mac and I, we did one in Pawpaw Lake. And I think I only went through a, a tank and a half, and we were in there for three and a half hours. I finally got waterlogged and just came out. You hit the right spot. So we've added. I just posted that one in the chat room and and not chat room, in uh, Facebook. So head on over to the Facebook site. Let us know what was the most dives you did in one month or one year. Also, I'm looking for some feedback. Uh, the forums. Uh, where what kind of, where would be a good location for these conversations? Uh, does everybody like Facebook? I want to do it via email. Uh, we can dust off the forums, get people in there. Let us know how you like to talk and communicate. And while you're at it, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do so at scubaobsessed.com. I've been a little light in tweeting the last few weeks. Uh, hopefully get back into doing more of that. So down to maybe a tweet or so every other day. But uh, I have, you know, now we're getting the good weather. It's getting kind of hard to, to get all those tweets in. You know, it might be a little bit later, so uh, check back on the site. Uh, also, make sure you go over to scubaobsessed.com. We'd love it if you go over there. We'll have, we will have our uh, show notes, which come out a couple of days after the show. Also, I've got some uh, scuba swag. I've, I've got some updated designs I'm, I hope we'll get out there. Uh, make sure when you're going to it that you're coming from our show link. I see that there's some poachers out on some sites who have grabbed the name and are selling so make sure it's official merchandise since we make so much money well that does it for the news boy it seemed like we wandered through that one yeah i tell you the, the uh, chatter on the, on the chat room really picked up after the holly berry stuff came up <laughs> yeah yeah and uh hmm. of course we can't repeat much of it on the air but no i'm just i'm i'm looking and it would be just one big long beep <laughs> and they're egging me on squirrel so, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'm going to make some bumpers for that, Chris. I think I might have to make one that says that. So that, that's like another that. one of my projects. I'm going to do some updated bumpers. I've got this whole list of of things that I'm working on. So just don't let that stuff get in the way of diving. You know, it. it I never let it. Eighty degrees out. We need to get Bob's boat out. Oh yeah. Well, uh, well, well. Now we're in the section of the show where we'll talk about last week's dive. Uh, Bob had been antsy to get out, and partially because he's got an outage that starts this week. Yeah, and he's sending his dry suit in for repair. Yep. So uh, now, Matt, you got you've got two dives in this last week since we did a yep. show. Yep. Pawpaw again. Yep. You got pawpaw. Any anything to report from there? Uh, actually, I think it is getting a little warmer. Got a, got about a little over an hour. Still have plenty of air because I was diving shallow. Uh, Visibility is still about five feet. wasn't bad. Lots of stuff on the bottom. Uh, found my first rather large turtle. Uh, he was still sort of wanting to hibernate because he didn't, you know, he didn't get agitated when I picked him up. Now, is, is, it, is that large as in Dave size, or is that large as in real size? Large as in bigger than a 12-inch pipe plate. Okay, yeah, because for Dave, pretty, I'm sure anything more than an inch and a half would be gigantic. Well, smaller than the man and ones we found in Barron Lake. Those <laughs> are those alligator snappers. Yeah, smaller than that. So, but but it's, he, it was a good day. I mean, with 70-degree weather, how can you not have a good day? Oh, yeah. We, it was some beautiful weather. And, and so pretty much the same thing both times you went diving? Yeah, high noon. Yep. It was good. I, on the last one, got out, and that's when it hit the storm that hit um, 
Coloma water lead towards Hartford and down. That's mm-hmm. when they had tornado warnings. So it changed real quick. Well, on uh, was it Sunday? Bob, Kurt, and myself, we headed up to Lake 16. Uh, Jim Kleeman was going to go, and he had to cancel at the last minute. And uh, bad for him because he missed a great Lake 16 dive. Beautiful sunny day. And we were supposed to have rain on Sunday, so I was wondering if we were even going to be able to get it in. But got out to Lake 16. We got set up. Uh, had a little bit. Gosh, there's a little challenge. I, You know, Mac, I was so much in river and ice diving mode. I don't top off my tanks. You know, I might get two or three dives off a tank. So I thought I had full tanks and you need a full tank if you go to Lake 16. So I was getting ready. I was getting ready Sunday and I put the first tank on and that one had 2000 pounds. I'm like, well, okay, well I knew I had one tank. I had gone off, went to the other tank. That one had 2000 pounds. I'm like, darn it. So I had to beg and borrow a tank. And then, uh, well, actually before I did that, I, I had blown out O-rings. So, and, and here's one of the things. If you're a dive shop owner, it should be a criminal offense to not have stocked O-rings. <laughs> the last two times I've gone to the shop, they will point out my O-rings are getting worn, and then when I go to buy them, they don't have any. So, I stopped by Darren. I I've, I've got them by the dozen. Well, it's O-rings. I mean, it, why can you not stock O-rings? Simple. Keep them in stock. You want to tick tick your customers off, don't have the basics. I know you don't make a lot of money off O-rings, but you can't make any money if I don't go diving. So so luckily I was able to put together an, an O-ring, and then I tested my tanks, found out they're empty, so I had to borrow one. And then uh, we get up to the lake, and Kurt hasn't been diving since uh, the turkey dive. So he had done some moving around of rigs, which is one of the nice things about going to Lake 16. It's kind of a known element. You know, it's a comfortable place for people who have dove there, and you get to test out some equipment. So uh, we got all suited up. I'm in a wetsuit. Both of them are in dry suits. And then Mac, not Mac, uh, then uh, Kirk uh, blew, he thought he blew an O-ring on his high-pressure gauge. So we sat and we we fought around for that for 10 minutes. And actually, it was getting kind of hot. I mean, it, it's kind of nice this early in the year to get hot in a, in a wetsuit. So we got in, and visibility had to be 15 feet. Easy. And well, this he's, is, without standing, that you could be in by the platform, look up, and see the ripples on the top. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you could easily do that. Yeah, you you could, guys the, were down to 8 feet, so I don't know if you really want to be down there in that with just half a tank. No, I had I had a full tank. I, I, Kirk, Kirk gave me a full tank. So, and that was nice. That was a new experience. Or not a new experience, but a different experience. I normally dive with aluminum 80s and diving with a steel 80. I was actually overweighted. Uh, I had a clip on that I dropped on the uh, the deck, but I, I was actually a little rusty too because we haven't done any real, it seems like that first deep dive of the year takes you a little bit. And I, I felt like I kept putting more and more and more air in. Uh, but, you know, after about five minutes of, you know, swimming around the deck and getting and looking at stuff, then we went and did the lines. So we went out, but if you turned off your dive light out in the course and we're about 60, 70 feet of water, in the summer, that is pitch black. You could actually see without a You did not need a dive light in Lake 16. I think this is the first that's time what ever. That sounds outstanding. Yeah. Well, th- that's what it was. I mean, the vis was good, and, and it might have even been more than 15 feet, but it, it just how light it was. I mean, for Lake 16, you never have it that light. I mean, it was like Lake Michigan light, so... Excellent dive. Water temperature is still a little brisk. Uh, I had 38 degrees. Uh, I think Bob and Kurt had uh, 40, so we kind of split the difference. Call it 39. I've, I've been noticing that my gauge tends to read about a degree or two colder than everybody else. But overall, an excellent dive. Now, uh, hopefully we'll get some pictures up. Bob had his camera out, so he took uh, photos the first half of the dive and video the last half. So we, we'll have something. Hopefully get that in there. I've got photos that I'll... He was telling me he had a focus problem on that, and he thinks he had it on manual, and it sort of went and collapsed itself, so everything was very, very dark. But he's working on the raw data to see if he can get it lightened up so he can actually see something. Okay. Well, the video didn't look too bad, so it must have just been when he did the photos. Because the photos, he gave it to me to take a look through, and it looked like the first three or four, which were close to the surface, were okay. But as soon as you got to depth, 
it was it was dark as far as the camera, not as far as the diving, but but excellent diving. I mean, just to did you guys take dive. a surface picture also? I took some on my camera, and I think Bob took some with his underwater camera. So because I need one for the uh, I ups, updated the site, but I need a picture for it. So okay. if you got one, clip one in there if you would. Yeah, I'll, I'll clip one in uh, when I do the post for the podcast. We'll put that out there. But an excellent, excellent dive. I mean, Lake 16, just a great place to dive to get this, get the preseason bugs out or early season bugs out. That's why I like diving all year round. It doesn't, I don't, it doesn't take you as long to get back up to speed. So, now Jim, did you have a chance to get any diving in? No, my back's been bothering me. I have not had a chance to get wet. I was going to go with you guys to uh, Lake 16 because I really wanted to get out there and see that when there's some decent visibility, which has to be in the wintertime. Yeah. But, yeah this uh, was... My back was bothering me, so I'm, I'm hoping I can get out for a while on Sunday, maybe take the Zodiac out and run around and uh, hit a couple spots. Uh, Mac, maybe we can get up to Paw Paw and do a little um, survey work for a couple of those items we've been looking for that might have been hurt or buried in the weeds. Well, actually, I've got a location of two more shipwrecks in Paw Paw Lake. Oh, cool. Well, let's take the survey out this weekend, and we'll take the Zodiac and maybe go Sunday. Now, now I understand. Uh, are you, no, this you weekend, the, I'm out. <laughs> you can't? Well, come on. You can't this weekend. All right. All right. So maybe I'll just take the Zodiac and go over to uh, Indian Lake or someplace. Now, do I understand correctly that you've got uh, that uh, software for mapping the bottom now? I have not purchased it yet. I, I sent Jim so he could take a look at it himself. I'm still debating on which version to get, but I will have one by the end of the month. I could not get that link to work. I'm working over with uh, Larry this week, hopefully, and we can get the last part of the toe sub done for the fish. Mm -hmm. So we'll have that available hopefully by the end of the month. So in April, we can start doing something. Yeah, so that that software we're talking about uh, is Dr. Depth, which is excellent. If you have a side scan sonar with a computer hookup, it will map the bottom. So looking forward to this season. I think we're going to be able to get some excellent photos of the bottom. Yeah, and I don't know if I'm going to be doing any diving this weekend or not. We'll just I'll just have to play it by ear. Oh, we got wolves, don't forget. Open house this weekend, that's right. Free food! Is that, is that Saturday? Wolf dive shop. Yeah, that, that's Saturday, Sunday. Oh, both days, okay. I, I might be able to make. I've got something on Saturday that I have to go do, but uh, we'll see how Sunday goes. Yeah, well, I got done, and I put out some newsletters. I put out a new little tear-offs for the uh, club stuff, put a picture up there of some events that the club has had, and uh, we're going to try to download on one of their little video screens and mm-hmm. do the make a loop of club activities so people coming through can at least watch divers. Excellent. Yeah, so if you're if you're in the southwest Michigan area, that Wolf's uh, Marina and Dive Shop, that'll be interesting. That'll be, it's always a good weekend. Now, it was a trick. Well, I don't know. Do we want to tell everybody what the trick is? They have to get there after we do? They'll have to elaborate. I'm, I'm off in left field here. For, for the, isn't all the, the, gr- do, the best grub? I was going to say, if they get there after we do, there's not going to be much food left. Well, exactly. That's the idea. Oh, we don't want them to get there before we do. <laughs> <laughs> now, 12 her. o'clock is a good time to get there. Yeah, see, 12 o'clock, that's it. So. So what, what's our prediction? Let's see. Today is the March 15th. So what's our prediction of the first uh, lake dive on a wreck? When do we think that's going to happen? When's the outage over? It's a 30-day outage. So for Bob, one, two, three, that would put it what, April 14th. And then what's the, the Easter's the 8th? So post-Easter? That seems to be a pretty safe bet. Yeah. Yeah, I guess a lot depends on when we think we can get no more frozen nights. And we could put the get wet in the water. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to tell. You never know. Yeah, you, you need like a you need like a boat cozy or something. Yeah, I just don't want to freeze that out drive. Oh, no, certainly. Okay, well that does it for last week's dives. Do we do we have anything else we need to plug? We did uh, the Wolves. When is the MSRA show coming up? Twenty first, I believe. Yes, the twenty first of April. So twenty first of April. Weekend after the uh, shipwreck show, ghost ships. Weekend ghost after ships. ghost ships. So yeah, there's ghost ships up in Milwaukee, and then the following we'll have the MSRA show. So and I understand tickets are selling quick. So if you want to 
guaranteed they have a spot. You want to go to the MSRA website and order your your tickets up. If they have any available uh, after the pre-sell, you can get them at the door. But last year they sold out, so you don't want to risk it. And I think that puts us to that time of the show. So here, we are we ready? I mean, it's... We're never ready for this time of the show. We're never ready. They're talking about 12-pack. I'm not sure what the 12-pack is. Oh, I have a 12-pack. Who needs a snorkel? That's Shipwreck Mike in there. (laughs) Okay, so here we go. It was early spring in the mountains of West Virginia. An adventurous scuba diver hired three locals to help him locate a high-altitude lake to explore. A few hours into the trip through the mountains, they came across a cave, and they all stopped. One of the West Virginia locals stepped forward and yells, Woohoo! There was a similar response from inside the cave. He then tore all his clothes off and ran into the cave. Another couple of hours goes by in another cave. They all stop. The second local yells, Woohoo! And again, Woohoo! was heard from the cave. He rips off all his clothes and darts into the cave. Now the diver is very curious and says, What the devil is going on? The third local explains, Well, it's a West Virginia mating season. When you give a mating call... And it returned, it means it's available female in the cave. A little while later, a third cave, a third call, a third response. The clothes are off, and the local's gone. Well, there ain't going to be no diving now, the scuba diver thinks to himself. So along the trail, he sees a big cave, and he goes, woohoo, no response. He tries again, woohoo, hesitates a little bit. Then he hears, woohoo, from the cave. The diver rips all his clothes off and runs full speed in the cave. The next day, the Charleston Daily Times headlines read, Naked Scuba Diver Killed by Train. Anybody we know? <laughs> I don't know. That was good. Oh, so. How can anybody say those jokes were bad? <laughs> I was so bad it was good. <laughs> it's kind of the idea. that They have a special groan all to their own. So, until next week, go out there and get wet. And stay safe. And remember, Holly Berry was top armed in the making of this show. Yet. <laughs> Yet. Call recording has been completed. Oh, let's see.